are back with another Morning Roast edition of the Black with No Cream podcast, where every Wednesday morning we deep dive into creative topics with the goal of giving you a daily dose of motivation and inspiration. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Realverse World. This is my co-host, David Malave. Dave, how you doing on this fine Wednesday morning? I'm doing good, man. We got some exciting things to talk about today, so let's get into it. The topic is the three-step process to enhance your video editing skills featuring director Mike Parento. Mike is a director, DP, editor who creates high-budget commercials for brands like Ford, Audi, Mercedes, the NBA. I mean, there's so many others, I can't even name all of them, but he really knows the shit when it comes to editing high-level commercials, so these tips are gonna bang today. But before we dive into today's episode, uh, we just wanna announce our latest contest, which starts today. We have teamed up with Epidemic Sound and Mike to bring you the commercial cut challenge. All right, I know uh, coronavirus, we've all been stuck inside. We haven't been shooting anything lately. We haven't been really able to edit much because no one's being creative and shooting content. And we wanted to find a way to, I don't know, give you guys something to do and flex your creative abilities in, in a contest that is just for editors. I think this one's gonna be really dope. I know we have a lot of, you could talk, you talk about the footage. How much footage we got from Mike? We got 72 clips, man, of this, this footage is insane. Like the fact that anyone can access this footage and put an edit together is like the dopest thing. Right. He's, it's like high level red footage that he shot on a, a, a spot commercial and we'll, we'll save like what the footage is actually about when you download it. But the challenge is simple and that's just, we want you to cut the illest 30 second commercial that you possibly can utilizing only Mike's footage and Epidemic Sounds library for your score and sound design. All right, and I, I'm excited for this not only just to challenge you guys as editors and to see what you guys can produce, but also, you know, we're not going to do a contest with no prizes. <laughs> Feel me? Never. So you're probably like, well, what are the prizes, Ben? Let me tell you. All right. I low key want to win this prize because I don't have it, but we're going to give up first place is getting the illest one. It's a Samsung 49 inch ultra wide curved 4k monitor. I think it's 4K, but it's the big ass monitors that are just like super wide and give you tons of real estate. So I know when you open up Premiere or Final Cut, your eyes are literally scrolling back and forth and you have no no need to worry about your timeline ever being too short again because <laughs> it's going to be so big. Yeah, uh, that one's really dope. So I'm excited for that. On top of that, we're giving a one year subscription to Epidemic's commercial plan. Um, I've been using Epidemic for a few years. I linked up with them through a person in Iowa, actually, which is super cool. And I've had access to the platform and I've used it on a ton of my jobs. Uh, I've used on personal projects we use it on black window cream all the time i'm pretty sure the morning roast theme song came from epidemic like we use it for everything and they have so many sound effects uh to be able to use that platform has been awesome so we're giving you a one-year subscription a free subscription to their commercial plan which is 300 bucks so you're getting that for free um what else we got dave we're gonna just go ahead and give you a how to charge a client guide and a black window cream mug right that's for first place so that's what uh, everything you get for first place but we're also not leaving second and third out either and the two runner-ups will get a $300 and a $200 Amazon gift card, respectively, Cha-ching. to spend on what you want. Cha-ching. You'll also get six-month free subscriptions to Epidemic's commercial plan. Goddamn. And we'll also give you a how-to-charging client guide and a fresh mug <laughs> to add to that. Yeah, like, okay, we were thinking about, like, maybe we could get, you know, it's editors, we were like, for sure a monitor. Then we are like, maybe we could buy someone, like, a fire, like, keyboard and mouse or whatever, but then everyone's so particular with the way they edit and shit, so we're like, all right, we'll just get some Amazon gift cards and you guys can get whatever you want. If you want to use it for editing, fire. If you want to use it to uh, buy some protein powder for the gym that probably just started opening near you, go for it. I'll be dope. Uh, we're excited for this though. The prizes are awesome. And uh, to register, there's a link in the description, obviously. We got it down there. You can go there. You sign up for a 30-day free trial of Epidemic Sound. And um, from there, you'll be able to download the zip folder with all the footage. And and for the as far as the commercial plan, you can cancel any time. Um, but this will give you a free chance to like explore the platform and, and test it out and see how it goes. Uh, but that's it. And then this, you get the footage right there on your desktop. You can start editing right then if you want to. Yeah. And for my people that love editing, they want the ProRes, we, we're giving you an H.264 file so that the whole zip folder is smaller but within there there's a, a, a readme link just click that and it, you can download the ProRes if you want it for more color depth and all that stuff too so it'll be dope but um, we're excited to see what you guys create this is going to be an awesome contest it ends on July 12th and we're picking the winner on the 15th so you know get out there start cutting right now if you have questions feel feel free to reach out to us on all platforms we're, we're listening so yeah the the uh, as always the website has the um the official rules and this the way that you should submit who you need to tag hashtags all that stuff and it's 6 p.m uh on the 12th to right. submit so just make sure you read all those and, and get that footage and get started sheesh 
We're back at it again, man. Yes, sir. You know our contests keep getting iller every single time, and we keep running them, so that's been cool. And I think that's dope because we get the feedback from y'all. And, and I know also, you've been we should we should mention just how ill all the the past winners and runner ups have done since then. Yeah. And I'm, it'd be dope to bring them on actually and talk, have them talk about their experience. But these contests are are great platforms to be able to get your skills out there to brands that wouldn't necessarily see your work exactly. and also just get get gives you a chance to like in this case just flex your skills on, on some footage that maybe you don't you never get to have access to because maybe you don't get to work with reds or you don't get to work with you know Dude. super experienced high level DPs that can hand you some sick footage nah, to like it's a dream. To put your sauce on so. and I think that's what's cool uh, we, we can just keep talking about this shit because I get inspired by it but it's like with having contests it's the ability not just to win some shit right it's, oh cool I can go win like a monitor that is cool but being able for Epidemic to see your skill set I mean these are people that hire creators to, to make com- campaigns and things like that. So and, they, and Mike. And Mike. That's what I was going to say next is Mike is the illest, yo. If you can flex your editing skills, Mike's shooting all the time. And the majority of the time, he's editing his own commercials. That's why this episode today is fire because he breaks that down for you. But eventually, when you become a director that's so overwhelmed with projects, having a fire editor to work aside you is key. So like this is an opportunity just for him to now show note. And t- on top of it, for us to... I, I need editors. There's tons of times where we need editors. So I don't know that you should use these contests as a way to multiply. What's the word to like dip into different lanes and understand that you can kind of benefit from every single angle of it on top of getting the bag. All right. So yes, anyways, we're done with this shit. Let's get into the episode. Today's fire. Um, and, and also if you're any video editor for anything, these tips are going to bang. But if you're listening to this, if you're going to be in this contest, I would take these three tips straight from the source and apply them to your to your submission because that's definitely going to get you the best chance to win. That's a fact. All right, cool. Let's get into uh, probably the illest intro to any episode you've ever seen in your life. Welcome to the morning roast, the place where you will get the most info from a deep dive into the topics that really need life with your host, Ben and Dave, coming to you live today. Grab your cup of dough and take some fucking notes. You bitch. Dave, I'm going to need your help right now to bring a round of applause for my boy Mike, who's calling in from Canada right now. What up, Mike? What up? Thanks, boys. What's up, How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Uh, you know, we're just, we we're just, just miss you. We're just pumped and excited. Yeah, we miss you living in LA, man. We miss you living here. I miss it too, but I'm loving my little bubble in Canada right now, not going to lie. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I want to first off, thank you for, uh, I mean, for people who don't know, you've been on the podcast multiple times. We've talked about many topics and told your story, which has been awesome. So circle back and listen to those. Um, but I want to thank you for giving us the footage for this contest and collaborating with us so that Black Window Cream has an opportunity to edit some fire footage that you shot in your red i don't know when you shot this content but the clip there's 72 clips in this folder that everyone can download for this contest and i think it's just really cool for people to have an opportunity to edit like a high level dp director editors content um from anywhere i don't know where everyone's listening to from right now but you're gonna have a chance to work on mike's footage that he shot i want to hear the backstory of this uh like how and it's a spec commercial which it wasn't for a specific brand but you use that to get jobs so can you kind of tell us a, a little bit about the footage everyone's going to start working on? Yeah, totally. So this footage basically came from the idea of like, this was a long time ago. It was um, quite a few years ago. Well, when I say long time, I'm talking like maybe four years ago or something, five years ago. Um, but we wanted just to like me and a few homies and uh, here in Nelson, Canada, we wanted just something to shoot that like, it was just cool. It looked cool. Um, and we had this opportunity where one of our friends was like, hey, uh, he's a firefighter. And he's like, hey, we have this, we just built this test site uh, where we practice firefighting. And we're like, okay. And he's like, yeah, it's basically like a bunch of big sea cans. And we like smoke it up and we put all our gear on, break stuff. It's like built like a home inside. It's almost like a trailer, like a trailer home, um, but like full scale with levels and stuff. And he's like, do you, guys, do you guys ever want to like shoot in something like that? And we're like, oh, this is it. Like, perfect. And we're like, can we like light fires and stuff? He's like, yeah, man, we can do whatever, whatever we want. We're like, oh, yes. So we all go to the drawing board, right? And we're all just like frothing off this location. And we're like, okay, we got, you know, Leo who fights the fires. He's got all the gear. He knows what to do. We got like these crazy industrial smoke machines. 
and zero limitations. We can do, like, we can get away with murder, basically, in here. So we were just like, what could this mean? What could this do? What could this help us with? And basically, we were all just like, okay, well, this could be an opportunity for a commercial, spec spot commercial. Okay, what do, we, what do we want to capture? What are the kind of emotions, blah, blah, blah. What do, maybe we want to mix it with something else, not just firefighting. Like, what are we interested in? We're obviously interested in sports at that time. And, uh, and yeah, it just went from there. And we just kind of, like, we'd go pick up couches from buddies' homes and put them in there. We lit them on fire. We threw them downstairs. We t- like, we just wrecked the place. And it was awesome. It was amazing. We had just a small lighting package, but uh, enough homies with enough drive to, like, make something really cool. Yeah, four years later, looking at that footage, is still, it's still just so clean like it, it's so well done and it it has that it, it meets the standard which is cool that you set still today you know what i mean maybe quality or maybe you would have shot it a little different thing if you would have done it today but i mean for four years old footage like the shit looks amazing and i think it's well, also cool because what we had access to was like stuff we still don't get access to today unless you got half a million dollars in the bank account you couldn't exactly. get away with that with an agency right we broke way too many rules. Right. So in the sense, yeah, it's old. We didn't have much, but we had a lot and we didn't have like barriers. That's what I was going to say is it's so cool how you have the opportunity to capture whatever you wanted and you guys use that to your advantage. And what I'm excited to show people is your actual edit that you have of this because it's amazing, but we're not going to show people your edit until after the submission deadline happens because we don't want to give you any clues or ideas of how you should cut this footage. So I'm, I, I'm excited to see what people do when they're preparing this content. You know what I mean? I'm sure you're curious of like how people will, I guess, take your media and turn it into their own story or a different type of story than what you would have thought, but it's going to be really cool, man. Yeah, I know. That's the goal. The goal is like just to think outside the box with this footage. Think like, you know, start from base level, ground zero, kind of like what we did when we heard about the opportunity, pretend you're in that position and like go nuts from there. Like specs are the beauty of specs is you can manipulate them. You can add certain elements to make them whatever you want to make them. There's nobody breathing down your neck, no agency telling you that you have these certain brands, like, you know, logistics to work with. You just, you make it what you want to make it and it's your best work. I think that goes to what we were talking about. Yeah. not having to, you're, you're not confined to a storyboard. I think in when, as, as commercial editing grows, as you become a bigger commercial editor uh, and you're working with these big agencies, they're just feeding you storyboards and you're kind of just like, okay, copy paste here. You know what I mean? At a certain point, it's like you're drag and dropping everything into their order that they want and then putting your sauce on it. But this, you have complete freedom to test the limits. And I think that's what we want to, you know, we're like judging people on is seeing how creative they can be utilizing music, creative with the sound design, creative with the way they cut the content and use those moments. But I guess this can get, we, let's get into the, the different steps. Let's well, set yeah, this up. So, I mean, well, that, that's a perfect lead because, uh, if you're, if you're putting yourself in a position of this contest or any other position, then you get director DP Mike's footage and you sit down, like what's it, what's the roadmap? What's it like the, the stages of how you can craft and create like something that's going to be like a very compelling epic edit. Right. right. So we decided <clears throat> to break that down and then we're going to have Mike weigh in, but step one, we decided to call is, is understand your footage and the importance of really, really analyzing and diving really deep into the footage you have, understanding everything that is given to you because uh, in order to craft a story, in order to create a direction, in order to decide what emotion you wanna pull, you have to understand exactly what you have. So Mike, when you, you know, I know you edit a lot of your, your, your stuff, but you, um, in a sense of what, when you start your edit and you're trying to dive into the footage, like what's your main objective and what's your mindset to make sure that you organize everything properly? Yeah, so for me, selects is everything. Like when I first dive into the project, it's Christmas morning every time. No matter if that project's shooting a hamburger that doesn't move for 20 seconds or <laughs> stuff like the footage you guys are working with, I love it. And I, the reason why I love it is because of my process, I think. And so for me, the biggest thing is, you know, being organized, but knowing everything I got and stretching that as far as possible, because it's like those little nuggets that you'll find hidden here and there that you didn't even think of while you're shooting makes an edit from, you know, eight out of 10 to 10 out of 10. So for me, it's like diving deep, organizing it all in like certain locations or feels or depending on what kind of commercial it is. Um, but just having it all grouped together so it makes sense visually for me 
And then, then I get off the computer and I go to my sticky board or my whiteboard. I have a huge eight foot by 10 foot whiteboard right beside me here. And I go there and I just write down everything I've got. You know, for example, for this, I'd be like, you know, guy walking up through smoke or um, just certain things that are just like uh, triggering moments. And then I can see it visually all on one board. And that's where I craft my story from. Right. And I or dial it in if it's already crafted. Yeah. And understanding the message. Typically, if you're working with some sort of brand, they're going to be feeding you a message that they want accomplished in that. And that's going to dictate how you create that. But also, I think what I like to do, too, is you. By looking at every, I've seen the mistake made too often where say it's a music video or commercial and and someone just hops in, they just start kind of like clicking through clips in a bin and they're just kind of like checking a couple things real quick, trying to find maybe one moment. They're missing so much value there in all the other clips or all the raw moments. So by having that long string out and going through every single clip and understanding from start to finish, like you said, you're going to find these, find these key moments and then you can separate those and organize those. So if you know, say you have a bunch of medium shots of a person, the main, the main character, and you can organize where those are, or you have establishing shots. Cool. Let's put these over here. Where are all my establishing shots that I have to work with? So when I open this thing up and I want to establish the setting, cool. I have five clips or I have 15 clips and this is what my options are. Now you can pick which one of those are the best, you know? So I think really taking the time in that part, like so many people just want to dive into the, creating the edit. And I think being able to take the time and really analyze the content that you have will help you in the long run because you're also memorizing what you have. You're, you're being able to create the, the library in your head and then taking it to a whiteboard and or, or write it on paper and just really organize. All right, cool. Maybe I could kind of connect the dots here and then this would make this part make sense, you know, as you build story and so on. Right. Yeah. Like this all speaks to like creative editing, which I think is the goal of this contest. And in the industry where edits make or break like you know it's it's not you're not just getting a storyboard and a script and you if you're if your edit's not dialed to that script you're fired Mm. this is a different kind of editing you're the director you're in the driver's seat you make or break an edit you can make it into just another run-of-the-mill edit or you can dive into something deep creative and make it amazing like there's so many times there's a few editors I know and directors I know. One would be Lee Powis. You can check him out. But everything he edits, um, like the way he directs, he'll usually jump into the editing suite right away and he'll just start. He's an artist. I wouldn't, like, you not even an editor, a straight up artist. And he'll think of these crazy ways to transition, you know, in and out of music, using certain tracks, blah, 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 like with transitions, like unbelievable. And I know there's a ton, you know, in Black and No Cream as well as stuff I've seen on Facebook. People are just awesome and like so creative. And that's the difference, like rather from script editing to creative editing, you know, you can do with technology now and, you know, 8K footage, 6K footage, 4K footage, you can do whatever you want. I think I I think that's it's so uh, important in this step to think about too. Like, in order to have that type of creative freedom, like you're saying, like to be able to really come up with, oh, this is how I'm gonna go from here to this, or I could start here and then come out of music here. Mm-hmm. It's like to have that power as an editor, you need to like so intimately understand the footage you have, like at every level, and understand and be thinking of it. And I'm, when we were off the call, Mike, you talked about how it's one thing to pull selects, but even understanding the message and the story you're trying to tell when you're pulling selects allows you to like understand the meaning behind the footage that you're pulling. And it, it makes for a more purposeful process because you're pulling with purpose and you're already anticipating what it might be used for. And then you can be thinking of ideas as that's happening. Um, so do you have like, uh, can you like delve into that further? Totally. Like when I pull selects, I don't just do it once. Like I'll narrow everything down. Like if you go into one of my projects files, you'll see like, selects one large, selects one uh, medium, selects one tight, selects one edit, usually I'll say, and that's where I'll pull the edit, but the way they're pulled, it's not necessarily like favorite shots, more favorite shots, more favorite shots, it's like favorite shots, more favorite shots, but shots that help the edit, and then what needs to make this edit work? Mm. What do I really want? That's what's in there. Sometimes you gotta kill your babies, throw out the shots that you love, and choose a shot that's story-driven has a purpose, has meaning that drives your, you know, shows your viewers what, where you're going with this edit. And uh, as much as we want it to be all bangers, all the best shots, sometimes that's just not the way it goes. And 
but that's where an editor has the power and also needs to see it in a different way. Can't you can't edit like a DP. You got to edit like a storyteller. Yeah, I nice. think the main the main takeaway from this section and when you are diving through your footage is understanding that organization is going to be your biggest leader in this whole the whole project. Being able to stay as organized as possible, really taking the time. It may take you a half a day, a full day, two days to really go through everything and understand. I mean, if you think about it, if you were shooting a, a commercial that was three days of shooting and you were rolling cameras all days with multiple cameras, that takes just as long, if not longer, probably longer, to have sat through all of that media, especially if you weren't on set, to sit through all that media and truly understand what's there. So giving your that giving yourself that time to absorb that is going to help you be able to determine what's going to make this commercial make the most sense possible at the final stages, you know? So definitely it's, organizations matter. It's also yeah, it's it's all the power and just to hammer it into like when you're in the edit, like and you and you need something and then you're having to spend time to go find it because oh, where is that shot? And you just like diving into the footage, it slows that creative process and also it makes it harder to get in and flow. But mm-hmm. if you're just like, oh, I know where this is and you have like, it's like you ha- have all your tools at your disposal and setting time to like organize the same way like if you're cooking, we made this, this joke earlier, but like, you know, a chef will prepare all the ingredients first. All the onions are chopped. All, everything is chopped and bold and put in places so that when the cooking happens, everything's at your hands. Now you're not like going and grabbing the onions and cooking it while the, this is cooking. You right, know what right. I mean? So yeah, you want it all there. I, so well, I think there's we, a million, there's a million ways to organize footage too. Like it's a creative process in itself. Like mm-hmm. it's not this mundane task where you just want to go and you got to put a here, B here and C here. It's like the way you organize it. Like most people probably wouldn't even understand if they went into my select. So right. no, this shot should really be over here or this shot should be grouped with these shots. And it's like, it depends per project, but that like that's my sense of creativity as well. That's where it starts for me. It's just when I organize it. I love that. I think we can. This can glide us into step number two, which is sound carries the vision. That's what we we're calling call this. It, it, when you, when we get to the music part, and this is what's cool about Epidemic letting us do this contest from the first place. Like them having this a sea of just different soundtracks on top of sound effects and sound design and foley and all that shit. Being able to work with um with a platform or have access to music, maybe you're hiring someone direct to make your music for you, however you're doing it. That is almost just as important as the footage. Being able to understand the mood and the vibe with the way you're going to portray the emotion and and attack the, the, the heartstrings of someone to sell the product in a commercial, it all stems from sound. So I think that this would be interesting to hear for, from your standpoint of like when you're going into a project. So say you're, um, you're, you just downloaded your 72 clips, you've never seen it before, you just went through it, you pulled all your selects, we did all that, we organized it, we understand what we have to work with. Now we want to build our emotion and it's a creative edit again. So you're, whoever's listening to this right now, your emotion may be different than my emotion and that's what's going to be fun about seeing the end product is because we someone may make this super upbeat some people may make this super slow and, and really moody. So um, for you, if you sit down, what, what is your process for finding music and finding sounds that, that really elevate the, the footage itself? So basically, so there's this really cheesy phrase, uh, but I'm going to say it anyways, but it was about this documentary that I was working on for just about music, the power of music. And like this phrase that kept coming up is like, music is the language of emotion. And so that's kind of like what you're talking about. That's, you know, it evokes emotion. It tells a story. It carries a story. It can change a story. Uh, and it impacts the viewer in a way that visuals can't. And, and especially the mix of the two is like the ultimate recipe, right? Um, and so obviously that's a huge key to an edit. You know, whether you're jumping in and out, you multiple tracks, whatever, you're changing moods here and there. But I would say for me, my process is like while I'm pulling selects, I'm either collecting a playlist that while I'm doing that simultaneously, or usually I'll do that even before I go to selects and I'm listening to my playlist that's built for this piece while I'm pulling my selects. And you'd be surprised how much that will change your direction or your flow or whatever. Just when you hear a different type of song and you're like, and you're watching a certain piece of footage while you're rolling through selects, you're like, oh, just triggered like a sick idea the beat hit at a certain time when the movement happened and you're like, oh, that was amazing. 
and it kind of, it brings you down this other little rabbit hole and of course you can get lost in it but that's my process that helps me like dive in and really narrow like narrow down the mood or the vibe that I want when it comes to pairing the music with the the footage and the edit um, and then kind of once I narrow that playlist down to maybe like a top three I usually will lay out my footage in like the story arc I want so beginning middle end and that doesn't have to be literally that just means in the edit the right. way I want to place it right. out and I'll chuck the tracks down underneath and just solo them and just like really feel it with the story and that's where it really needs to connect for me like the music the tracks gotta connect with the visuals and it's gotta really click or else I'm back to the drawing boards when it comes to the track I like how you gave an example before um, about how like you could go to like your favorite movie or favorite uh, some sort of short film something that you knew was music driven and by listening to that you're kind of analyzing what you liked about that and maybe how that may attach itself to the project that you're working on. So if I went to Finding Nemo and I liked Finding Nemo and there's one scene where it's really dramatic and I take the, the, the orchestra that was created there and I'm like, what do I like about that? And, and really break that apart. Utilizing that can help you identify maybe what it is that you're searching for when it comes to finding music, right? Yes. So like that playlist that I make, which is, is never big, it's probably like, you know, six or seven songs. Usually I can narrow it down to, but how I come to creating that playlist, that was like, it's, this has been a huge evolution for, or like, you know, this has been evolving for years for me, like this process. And I finally feel like it's starting to narrow down and like actually work really well. But to make that playlist, to find those tracks, um, yeah, I, like you said, I pull from stuff I love, whether it's commercials I love the vibe of that feel like kind of suit this piece or that I just love and that are super catchy. Um, some, you know, original soundtracks from movies that are really catchy that I just fall in love with. And, uh, and I save notes like this all over the place, like in my phone, my computer, just things I like. So I can pick from that or I'm like looking to be inspired. I'm not saying I necessarily pull my playlist from the top 40, um, but it's just like, I, yeah, I pick certain things like, oh, I really love this, just this pad in this this song. This is what I really love about it. Or I love that this is really ambient. It works really well. Right. Even though the footage is really chaotic, the soundtrack's really ambient. Uh, or, you know, this violin is absolute fire. Like, I love this violin. Maybe something I would never choose to put in there, but for this, it's gonna work amazing. X, Y, and Z, you know, you go through that process and that's how I narrow my search. So, you know, ambient instrument is a violin that's key instrument for there, blah, 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 blah. And you can cinematic or whatever emotions like uplifting. I like how this track is like you really pick them apart right. and see like, okay, this is really growing. You know, the chord progressions is really uplifting or it's sorrow or whatever. And you can narrow down your search and you're not, it's not so much of like a needle in a haystack situation anymore. I and for the contest for the purpose of this contest and um, when you go like for me when I've used using Epidemic uh, when I go to that platform and I'm trying to find what that is and I've kind of got honed in on the type of vibe or whatever it is being able to tap in and you understand how to search for sounds is like a it's an art in itself is being able to really identify words that would make sense with sounds that are associated in your head um, and I think that it's become easier and I think you guys will learn this in the experience of like if you're doing epidemic for the first time or whatever with the free trial being able to go in and look at okay cool what are categories that this may sound what kind of drive am I going for is it going to be a thriller is it going to be really moody is it going to be really funny is it what kind of sound am I looking for the keywords and being able to search on those keywords is especially even with sound effects sound effects are some of the worst things to try to find because you know you're in your head you're like and you're like how the hell do I search yep. that you know what yeah. I mean and and so you start just trying to the find sound words that I've never been able to find that sound, the sound you know the ramp that's like whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. like it's like a, or like a, the opposite yeah like, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like, like a, almost like a turbine but that's how honestly how your mind thinks though because you're like you just came up with that sound I know exactly what type of sound you're talking about 
And in my head, that evokes like a turbine. So right. then I might search like airplane turbine sound effect and see if that got me there. You right. know what I mean? Then you're like, no, this ain't it. Right. Or whatever. But that's what's good about being able to, if you can search off moods or if you can search off words or phrases or things that may bring that to light, it helps you track that down. But being able to identify that as an art and being able to really hone in on mute. And I think a lot of people will go to a platform like this and just like go to, all right, cool. What's the song that's like thriller or movie trailer? And they click that and they take the first one, two, three picks that they offer like sit there and really listen to music. I think we had, we had a homie red. He was on the podcast a while back and he was talking about this piece he made. Um, it took him like 45 minutes to edit the, the actual video. He shot all the footage. It took him 45 minutes to edit, but he said it took about six hours for him to find the right song. Like he really just sat there and listened to music and tried to really figure out what song was going to fit this video. The edit was a breeze for him. Cause he already just was like, Oh, as soon as I find the, if I can find that song that's in my head, I already know how this shit's going to lay out in the edit. And I'll just, it's going to be so easy to glide through and just knock it out. So it's, it is, it is something you really want to take time and it is commitment. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think it comes down cause I remember, I don't know if you mentioned this, but yeah, like you just to carry your point on the idea of like, I, it may be the first thing that people think of is, Oh, I just need to find one song and then I'll lay it down. And then that's how it is. And that's usually, I mean, that's a great edit can come from that. Right. But you also have sound design, which which creates so much depth and layer and emotion and actually creates realism within the footage. Um, that's important, too, that you have to be searching for. Mm-hmm. And and like if there's anything to take away from this section, I think is like music is a tool. So everything Mike described was about it was about really analyzing what emotion and what connection the music is making to the footage and how that's driving because it's not just a cool song it's how is the music driving this piece forward and that's a deeper search than just a song and then on top of that you have to understand what sound design will I need to create like to really bring this piece to life because I can tell you like and you've seen edits like people will post their edit without the sound they'll just mute the sound and they'll post their edit with just sound effects and Mm -hmm. you can see how it's almost its own like you could just that could be its own piece with just sound effects because that's how layered and detailed it is well, that's what I love about if you, I highly suggest as you guys start this go find Mike's website and just dig through some of his past work because what I love is how you utilize music and sound effects and sound design to create the like the entire 30 seconds you take me through a whirlwind of emotions because you could lead off with something that's like nice and slow pace and then really pick it up but you transition it could be a completely different song that you're using uh, from between 10 seconds and 14 seconds and you switch to that because you use creative sound design and then you maybe went into a nice voiceover that you would take which is also something I love that you do your talent in voiceover works makes it just changes moods but that's what you're really good at is identifying a mood that you want to attack and using sound to get us there you know what i'm saying yeah it's funny because when it comes to sound design i i feel like i learned it the hard way and i almost went a little overboard on it with you know within my career and um because when i like one of my first big jobs was i was in-house directing at red bull and i remember when i first went over to europe out of austria because the headquarters is there my first edit I ever delivered to them, I was so nervous. I was sweating buckets. I just shot in, I think it was Italy or something, our first shoot. And I was just like, I had stuff to prove. They just flew me out there, blah, 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 blah. And we shot this piece and I did the edit on my laptop. I remember in the back of this bus and I remember sending it to them for the first time and they asked me to come in to the office. And I was like, okay, this is either really bad or really good. Right. One or the other, but obviously I think it's really bad. <laughs> And so I'm sweating it. I go in the office and they sit me down. They're like, do you know what I'm like? We loved your edit. We loved um, the use of the mute, the track you pick, blah, blah, blah. And the footage is amazing. But, and I was like, oh, the but, man. And they're like, but it has no life. And I didn't use sound effects mm-hmm. or any sound design. I, ne- I didn't, that wasn't in my repertoire. Then I didn't really even know it existed. Like I didn't get it. Like you, I just mute it from the track, from the video track, and I didn't think it was something that you actually put in yourself. Like right. that's how green I was when this happened, and and fair enough. I think a lot of people don't really understand that, but they and this guy, this uh, producer, he's just like, you need both. You need the life of the sounds to get set you in your place, or sometimes it's non-literal and it sounds like you know, like what we we're just doing, the turbine sound or whatever that's used for a different reason. Uh, for ramps, whatever, that with the music, and you then you mix. And then he gave me a whole lesson on mixing, how some come up, some come down, they play with each other, they play off each other. Um, 
And ever since then, I went so heavy on sound effects and I always have to pull it back in the end, but I believe in the two working together are huge. Like, I agree. even I agree. if it's just subtle, like you hear just like a room tone with the soundtrack or whatever, yeah. like, yeah. you know, the odd exterior sound. And some people won't even pick it up. You hear it on your phone. You probably won't even hear it. On well, your you, phone. Know, well you, you know, you shot firefighters running through a house on fire and you can watch that happen with just some sort of song playing. But, you know, it's really going to make me believe that there is a house on fire is being able to hear some fire. You know, what I mean, maybe sorry, there's a free tip. Take that if you guys are editing this. But hey, let me hear the crackling of the wood burning. You know, what I mean, let me bring me there bring me it, use whooshes and transitions like that to take me into the next spot the shot doesn't have to have some sort of wild transition but just cutting and using sound or uh, uh, some sort of effect to get me to that spot sound makes all the difference i love that that's so good and and not even and non-literal is something i'm learning even today like i think of sound design now with music uh and even more of like a like abstract way like i'll think of a transition okay here's this transition i need something big to happen when the sound you know the song's sweet it dips down it gives room for a sound effect to come in but say it's a guy like you know hitting something or whatever like it's this big moment rather than making just a big boom sound that's like typical what you would expect it to sound like it's like oh What's big? Lightning strike. Mm. And you chuck a lightning strike in there and then maybe mix that with the boom sound, but like you have this crack of the lightning and it's, you know, there's no lightning around. It's totally non-literal, but it's a great way to, you know, experiment with sound design. It brings even more emotions, just subtle, little subtleties like that. And it makes it exciting. Yeah, that's so interesting too, because I, I, lo- I always love that topic. It's like, um, some, sometimes this, the, the sound that you need isn't the literal sound of the thing that you're trying to sound design, right. which is so interesting. Like, you know what I mean? You might, you might have something dropping, but that like a normal, like you said, a normal hit doesn't, but like a book, like a, like sometimes, uh, it's been popular to like use page flipping to like, like a, the sound of a book flipping to transition between places. Mm. And that's something about that book flipping and like emote something different than just right. like a whoosh would. Right. You know what I mean? Or like the, uh, yeah, like a triangle a or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, uh, or I think that we, we can go yeah, into this. I think music for sure. Everyone take your takeaways on that is just spend time. No different than pulling your selects and really analyzing the footage is really understanding what the mood is going to be and how you can establish that with sound. So uh, take that as you will, um, or just you know post one song in there. We'll just you know. All right. So step it. step number three, and this comes. Uh, this is Mike's phrase. So we're gonna have him explain what it is. Um, but it's in the editing process, and his goal is to engage, entertain, and inspire. So Mike, can you explain that that uh, you know motto? That's a fire line. Yeah, I think it's been a line that I've I heard from a mentor of mine years and years ago when I first started, and it's a line I think I've carried to today. Um, and every time I think about whether I'm pitching something or I'm doing a creative edit or whatever, that line is true and it's on sticky notes wherever I go. And basically to kind of break it down, it's I, I like to... Um, divide my thoughts into those three different categories. So you have an engage, like engage is off the top for a reason because you got five seconds in an edit to hook them and let them keep watching. You either win it or lose it there. And I believe that I believe because it happens to me too. It's a, whether it's a trailer, you know, especially if it's a longer form edit, whether longer form means two minutes or 30 minutes, you literally don't have long to make sure they keep in the game, they stay there. And they, and then you got keep doing it until make sure they watch to the end, but engaging them right off the top. So whether that's, you know, a twist, uh, and it's story wise, or it's a visual that's just like, boom, right off the top. They're like, what the heck am I getting into right now? Um, I feel like that's important. Then entertain, entertains like, okay, what's going to keep them there? Usually that's the beat of the story or that's the way you organize your footage, or that's your music, your voiceover, your, you know, whatever. It's the driving force. It's keeping that edit climbing, climbing, climbing. So they keep staying there, keep staying there. Then the third category would be inspire. And it's like, what's the end result? What do they walk away from? Like, what do they walk away with from watching this? Um, What was your message? What do you hope they're going to feel? So when I'm about to do an edit, I'm like, I'm trying to put myself in my audience's shoes and say, okay, 
what do I want to feel after I watch this? What's the goal? What's, what am I, why am I going to tell my homie? Why am I going to share it on whatever, you know, social media or through a text, pass it on? Why? And, and I feel like that, all those three, if you have all those three, it's the perfect recipe. If you miss one, it can really hurt, hurt your edit in the end. I love that. I think when, when, as, as you get into that editing portion of, of the project and you really start to digest the content and put it together, understanding, you know, there's always, there's always three acts and usually three acts in a film. Right. And, and when we go through that, we go through the motions of learning something, um, seeing it grow and then the final result of whatever it is. So as you're building that within your edit, I, I love how really when, when you, when you crack it open and you try to decide what it is, we may know, it may be very obvious when you're editing, like, okay, this happens and this happens and this happens. And I think sometimes uh, editors struggle with that problem where they may have like a really ill shot and it, it it's so tight and you want to include it, but it makes the edit not work. Even though it's the dopest shot, you might have to lose that shot to make this story make more sense. And that sometimes becomes really complicated for people to be willing to give that clip up maybe for this edit to flow a little bit easier or maybe you try to work it in at the end but still isn't working so you might have to cut that clip out and I think a lot of people run into that issue do you feel like do you ever have that happen where you know that this is such a money shot and it and you believe it should be in this cut but maybe it just doesn't make sense towards the story that you're building within the edit happens all the time and it's like it's um something that you know bugs me every time it happens because I always want to deal with it. I always want to have a reason to not have that problem or to not throw it away and throw it in the trash can and feel like you'll never see that shot ever again because you know the blood and sweat you went through to get that shot or the, your crew had to get through to get that shot. Um, so, but tell you the truth, I feel like sometimes I've gone to that point and like that's almost helped me create a twist and like kind of that more engaged category or like change it up to just for me to get a shot in and sometimes it's worked out and sometimes I've forced a shot in and I know I know in my head I'm like I know this is ruining the edit I know it's not helping the end goal but it's my ego and it ends up like you know a few days later I go back in the project and I just chuck it because I've gotten over it Um, but it's important to especially if you're the one that shot it or you're very involved in the production, it's really important to be able to have the skill to stand back, look at it from a non-biased point of view and just be ruthless, be ruthless and just letting stuff go, not being attached to certain things. Cause in the end, everything you shot or everything you have should be good, should be great. That's the goal. But yeah, of course, some things are a little better to you, but might not be better to other people, especially if it's not making the edit better. So it's just like being able to stand back, just like, you know, (laughs) cool your jets a bit. And she's like, okay, if I am not biased, is this shot worth it? Eh. Yes or no. And uh, honestly, after by the time you you put the video out, you're going to low-key forget about that shot anyway. Like, as much as you love it, you're going to love the cut that you have and be like, man, it would have been cool. But by the time you've seen it, you don't even think about that anymore. But it is an anxiety that and, I know a lot and of people on the deal flip with. Side, on the flip side, I think as an editor, uh, if you do leave it in, then that like little itch will stick with you when you watch that piece every time. You're like, damn, I shouldn't have kept it in. Maybe. Right. Or like, it, it'll always remind like, you. Yeah. You'll always be reminded that you left it in. And that's what you said earlier. And I love the quote. I'm going to keep it. Probably we'll post it on social media. But you said, uh, you can't edit like a DP. You have to edit like a storyteller. And that's where that comes in. Because you are the DP of your, of your project. So like you said, you're having to like it's put worse. yourself out of your DP shoes and put yourself in the storyteller's shoes and not have a bias towards shots that you love when you, you got offset. Um, but one thing I want to lead into yeah, is... Yeah, my advice for that would be like, chuck it in the reel. Mm. Chuck it in the reel. Don't chuck it in the bin, chuck it in the reel. Right. I like that. I like <laughs> nice. that a lot. What were you going to say? I want to carry that into... Um, like you said, uh, can you talk about the how important it is to you, the the purpose of shots? Like, I, in my head, especially in a thirty second spot, and you, you obviously would know much better. But like every shot has to drive the has to have like a purpose. Like, why is that shot going in the edit? Is it driving the story forward? Am I am I advancing the story? Is there an emotion there? Am I revealing something? Obviously, if you're it's a commercial, you, you shots have purpose in the sense of they have to show product, they have to reveal a detail. But you know carrying off the idea of not every shot can make it like 
how are you going about making sure that every shot is purposeful, you're engaging, you're entertaining, inspiring with like the entire edit and you're not like losing people, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's something I learn every time I get jump onto my computer, tell you the truth, and I get better at. It's um, like if you go on my website, for example, anything that's cruising around 30 seconds, it's rare it'll actually be 30 seconds. It's usually like 41 or 38 and that is why and the reason for that is because sometimes I have a hard time like really honing that in, right? Making sure every shot has purpose. If it doesn't, losing it. And it's, you know, it's a process. Like you, it's something you get good at. It's a skill. Uh, and it's a skill that I'm, you know, working on day in, day out. But um, it's, like I said earlier, like you got to back up. You got to see it from a different perspective. You got to detach yourself from your point of view and try to get a different point of view when you're looking at the footage, when you're looking at the edit, especially. I, um, I, w- I was going to say, I think that there's also something to note here of people, when, especially when you're in an editing competition, you're going, you know, you're going against everyone else. Everyone else has the same tools you have. So how do you stand out? And I think one thing people lean on becomes like, over editing a commercial like sometimes the footage can speak for itself so there can be a simplistic route and being very minimalist with your approach to edit that could still drive in a a really compelling story but then i think there's a lot of people that will try to come up with a lot of new tricks and and really throw some sauce on it and sometimes i can kill an edit is people trying to every transition doesn't have to uh you know do some sort of like zoom in zoom out shake whatever it doesn't have to be um to, to the editor doesn't need to be the star of the show you know what I'm saying? Like when it comes down to it, I don't think that the editor necessarily needs to always be the star of the show and really flex their muscles just as much as the DP or the director or whoever shot this footage flex their muscles. Um, I think it needs to work hand in hand. You know what I mean? And I, I've learned that a lot when I'm working with branded clients and, and I come in and I do my thing and I really love it. And then they come in and they love it too. And they're like, yeah, but I think we, maybe we do this and maybe it's not something I agree with, but you have to meet each other in the middle to make a collaborative effort and to make the project have its own identity versus it just being like, oh, that's a, that's a Ben edit because Ben just ripped through this thing and, and, and made the, I don't know, put it in a bunch of boxes or whatever, like a stylistic choice. I, I just think that some people can overdo it because of it being an edit contest, which could kill the entire thing, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's like, you know, what Dave was talking to earlier, like purpose. Make sure every shot's got purpose. Like sometimes that means letting a shot breathe. Mm. You got 30 seconds, you let one shot breathe for seven seconds, that's a huge percentage of your edit. But that seven seconds could give you more than the four clips or whatever that you would fit in that second seven seconds otherwise. Exactly. Like you could you could pull more from that and especially with music and sound and that a lot like it gives you even more chance when you let stuff breathe uh, to you know enhance it with those elements. And I feel like you know an, a good edit does this, right? It's up and down. So you got some pace depending on your subject obviously, but some pace, then some breath then some moments of stillness, you know, you got either a nice VO, a good message, whatever you're doing, however you're implementing that message. And it's all gotta keep on that flow, but like inconsistency keeps a viewer in. Like you let them breathe for a second. Like if you look at, for example, a transition on my reel, you know, you sit and it's like this smoke and you hear the smoke or whatever. And then it's like an engine of a car coming up and you're like pop, 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 pop with a bunch of quick clips. And then it breathes again with like a aerial shot. like things like that I love that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. me personally and I know from stuff that I love that I watch of other people's work it's a you know common way to carry someone through a a piece no I love that Um, it's like you're puppeteering almost you know and I feel like good and I've I've talked about it but like good uh, like a good musician like a set you know a band a set a DJ like the, the ones that are the most compelling the best shows are the ones that they take you throughout, like they put you in places and put you in emotions that they want to. Like, you know, if you're just like jumping up and down the whole show, but it's like, it's that song that lets you breathe for a second, that lets you appreciate the whole thing. And then they can take you to another place. Right. You know? right. And set that mood to transition right. into the final finale. And you're right. like, wow, oh shit, this is crazy. Right. Like and I was happy. I was sad. I also was like, you know what I mean? Buying that Gatorade yeah. now or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. it. I think this, these are some, these are some solid steps uh, for anyone listening. We hope that you can apply this to it. And thank you, Mike, for 
for sharing not only your footage, but with the, the whole squad, the whole BWC squad, but being a member of Black Widow Cream, paying attention to everyone that's out there. That's also what's cool to note about this, yo. If you're interested in competing in this contest, it's not just like you're competing for a, a fire monitor or some Amazon gift cards. It's the fact that Mike is now actively seeing the content that's coming from this. And not even just Mike, Epidemic is seeing this. And these are both people that hire editors. Like These are people that do that on top of us. And you know what I mean? Like within Black and No Cream, like the eyeballs that come on to contests like this, I think is is so worth it when when it comes down to it. And I know we can prove that from past contests because all of our homies in Black and No Cream have been put on ever since they've like won this stuff. So go hard in this. We appreciate you, Mike. Um, and you know, someone's gonna get this all this all these prizes. I'm excited to watch yeah, this man, stuff. Yeah, it's always dope to see how people people cook stuff up. I know. And so. everyone, go check out Mike's stuff. If you haven't already, it's his his website and real are and all his pieces are just like they, they make you re- reconsider everything. We're gonna post Mike's edit uh, from uh, from the footage that you guys are gonna be cutting. We'll post that on our Instagram once uh, the contest once all the submissions are done, so you guys can see what he did with it. And then I'm excited to see how people how people go neck to neck with him because Mike, they might be better than you, bro. I hope it is because I have less and less time to edit these days. And uh, like you said, a few times now in Black and No Cream, I put out some edit posts, hired a few homies off there. Don't want to say names, but crazy results. Um, been a returning client to a few. Oh, and dope. the more and more, you know, tools I have in my toolbox and editors and VFX and whatever, like whatever you, whatever skill you got and niche you got, put it into this edit. Uh, and whether you're a story, you know, story editor or you're, you know, a flashy editor or whatever, use it, put it in here. And uh, it'll be awesome to see what everyone can come up with. I love you're, that. You're, That's fire. That's a podcast right there, people. This is a good one. I love this one. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later, Mike. We appreciate you, dog. All right, that's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed um, all the tips that we provided in this. And I think that, you know, learning from Mike, it's an opportunity. And I'm always honored to have discussions with Mike. Do not forget the contest, okay? Registration is available right now. Contest ends on the 12th. Winners picked on the 15th. Link is in the description of this podcast episode. It's also in the link in our bio on Instagram. So make sure to sign up. Let us know how it's going. Feel free to message us along the way. I also like it when people tease us with a couple clips. If you wanted to make us happy, we like to see what you're cooking when you're cooking it up. Uh, but that's it. Anything else? No. No. That's a dope episode, though. <laughs> it was a really dope episode. Yo, we're so tired right now, yo. All right, we out of here. I'm going to go chug coffee. Bye.